Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. God bless you and thank you for joining us on the program again today. I know if you watched last week, you were blessed by the program. I have on the set with me again this week and probably will for a couple of weeks. My pastor is on the set today. This is Pastor Lisa Unger. It is great to have you on the set with me great today. To be here. Thank you. And she is also my younger sister, but she's the senior pastor of the church that me and my family attend here in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, Word of Deliverance that my mom and dad founded probably almost 40 years ago. And um, you would be blessed if you're within driving distance to come out and hear her preach on a Sunday morning. She's a great speaker in her own right. But she's written a brand new book called Unblemished, and we're going to be talking about this over the next couple of weeks. And you can go to Amazon and get this book, and I really encourage you to do it. It is a powerful, powerful book that I believe will help you immensely. It's great to have you on today. It's great to be here. We're excited. Uh, to be able to share the book and what God is doing in that. Amen. We're going to just let you know as well that uh, if you missed last week's program or any programs, you can go back and watch them again. They are archived on YouTube and uh, many outlets, but YouTube is the main one. But if you want to go to YouTube, you can watch these programs on demand uh, on your smart device, on your uh uh, big screen TV, if you've got YouTube, you can do that. There's also an audio portion of it available on iTunes, and there's a, a RSS feed for Android. The easiest way to do that without being so simple is simply to go to my website, and the address is on the screen. is simply linhouse.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you're going to see some icons that have uh, uh, either the YouTube or the Android little guy or the iTunes uh, uh, insignia there. Just tap them. They'll take you directly to the feed. You can watch them anytime you want. I think Lisa has even a podcast, don't you, that's on? Is it on? What is the podcast address? Yes, if you go to wodchurch.com, uh, our website is there, and you can pull up any of our sermons. Uh, from our Sunday morning mm -hmm. service is put up there usually by Sunday evening and you can have any of these sermons on podcast available. And you'd be blessed. I think they listen to her even in Nigeria and around different places. We uh, uh, just, just powerful the, the, what we have with media. Uh, I don't want to talk about that a whole lot though to, right now. Those things are available to you. You can go back and get in, in uh, from ours to watch the stuff we're archiving or, or, or the podcast that Lisa has. But we want to talk about her book a little bit. Title unblemished. Last week I, I read a scripture out of Corinthians that said that if the government of if the government of condemnation was glorious, how about this government of affirmation? And what Lisa has written in this book, and I'm going to let her do more of the talking in just a few moments, is that she has taken a book that uh, that that would would take people who are feeling like they are disqualified under an old covenant or perhaps have such a broken sense of unworthiness that they stay away from the very thing that could help them. She takes most of the text from this in Leviticus 21. It says for, this is Leviticus 21 verse 18. It said, for whatsoever man he be that has a blemish, he shall not approach a blind, a blind man or a lame or he that has a flat nose or anything superfluous, or a man that is broken-footed, or broken-handed, or crook-back, or a dwarf, or that hath a blemish in his eye, 
or be scurvy, or scabbed, or his stones broken. No man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron shall come nigh to offer the offering of the Lord made by fire. He hath a blemish, he shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his God. He shall eat the bread of his God, both of the most holy and the holy. Only he shall not go in under the veil, nor come nigh unto the altar, because he hath a blemish, that he profane not my sanctuaries, for I, the Lord, do sanctify them. And I don't want to tip your hand too much about this, but what she did here that is absolutely brilliant, and you need to get this book, is that everything that you were disqualified for under the Old Covenant, Jesus heals it in the New. And what we talked about last week was, first of all, a dwarf was disqualified. And so under the Old Covenant, you were disqualified, because that's a government of condemnation. Under the New Covenant, Jesus heals what you have been disqualified before, and He finds a dwarf who was Zacchaeus, a wee little man, who climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord He wanted to see. He's also a publican. He was a tax collector. He was a sinner. He was everything that religion rejected. And Jesus said, I'm going to your house. And it changed everything. And so that's all I want to say. You jump in and talk about a lot of the stuff that's there because it's just so powerful how well, I'll let you do the talking on it. Cause it yeah, well, and you know, Jesus it makes the statement we talked about last week. You know, Jesus says, I come to seek and to save what was lost. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's just talking about that lost, you know, just didn't know Jesus. I think he's talking about some things that have been lost under the old covenant. Yeah. And, and those were some of the things that were lost. And he comes along with his, his first sermon and he preaches, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And thank God for the power of the understanding that I've been accepted in the Beloved. Absolutely. And so if you had blemishes and things like that, uh, you weren't able to be in the priesthood. You couldn't function in the tabernacle, and, and you were disqualified from those kind of things. And there were certain things that if you had blemishes, such as leprosy, or if you had an issue of blood, you not only were disqualified from anything in the priesthood, you couldn't even touch somebody else because if I was unclean and I touched you, then I could literally make you unclean. Mm -hmm. And I think we have had, uh, you know, a little bit of a fear that if I get around somebody who's not holy, that you know I might become unclean. Mm -hmm. But I love the, uh, you know, the the picture that we gave last week that when Jesus came into the presence of Zacchaeus. When Jesus left, Zacchaeus, I want to be like him. Yeah. He stands up and said, you know what? Jesus didn't preach to me. He hasn't condemned me. It doesn't even tell us what they, what they talked about. But something about being the encounter and the presence of Jesus changed the heart of Zacchaeus. That he said, you know, if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to make it right. If I'm going to give half my goods to the poor. And we see that there's a change in the heart of Zacchaeus. I mean, yeah, in Zacchaeus. And so we see him as that wee little man but not only just is he small stature, but I think sometimes we see ourselves as small mm -hmm. stature and insignificant. And how could God use me? And you know what, you know what could God ever do with my life? But the power of the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. is able to transform us. You know, and so uh, so we see the different pictures in there, the different ones. Um, when Jesus, one of the things that would disqualify you from the priesthood was if you were blind. If you were, if you couldn't see, or if you were blind, and Jesus comes over in John nine, I believe it is, and the man who's born blind, 
And I, and I love this uh, picture of how it just unfolds because the disciples start out saying, Father, uh, you know, Master, who sinned, this mm -hmm. man or his parents, mm -hmm. that he's born blind? And first of all, you have to stop and just grin for a little bit. You're thinking, what? Like, is it the fault of his parents that he's born, or is it his fault? Like, so now we're, you know. How could this guy sin before he was born? It's almost yeah, like a ridiculous yeah. show. Yeah, like how can you ask if he was, did he sin or his parents that mm -hmm. he's born blind? Well, if you were born blind, you didn't even have a chance to sin, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and so what happens is we're looking for a reason why. Mm -hmm. Like how can we uh, validate this or how can, you know, so that we're trying to reason this and Jesus said it's neither one but that the gift of God might be made manifest, you know. And so Jesus does the miracle and he heals the man who's born blind, right? And it's powerful, incredible story. And this man who's not been able to see all of a sudden is able to see. Again, we would think, oh, what a wonderful, amazing. Everybody's going to be so excited that this man is, you know, he's healed of his blindness. But the Pharisees and, you know, the, the, the legal system of the day said, boy, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, you did this on the Sabbath day. Yeah. You know, and so they start to make... They probably whipped out their Bible and read Leviticus, 20, Leviticus 21 <laughs> on top of it. Yeah, this guy can't come in, he's <laughs> yeah, blind, you yeah, know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so they're, you know, like, well, wait, you can't do this on the Sabbath day. And they start to, you know, make, uh, make problems for this man. You know, who, who was it that made you whole? You know, he said, basically, the young man says... Who he was or what he does, I don't know. All I know is I was blind and now I see, mm -hmm. which is powerful to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it happened. I don't know all the ins and outs, the, the significant part of it. All I know is when he touched me, change yeah. happened. My eyes were open yeah. and now I can yeah. see. And so they go back to his parents even and they say, is this your son? And they said, yeah, this is my son. And they said, was he born blind? Yeah, he was born blind. By what means can he see? And the scripture says that his parents say, we don't know, ask him, for fear of being thrown out of the synagogue. So for fear of the church system of the day, they don't know what to say, and they say, we don't know, ask him. You know, and I've said for many times in my church, if your church service or system is more about your legalities and your what fors than it is about people's eyes being open. It's time to change churches. Yep. And so, you know, for fear of being put out of their church or their synagogue, they don't want to make waves. They said, we don't know, ask him. And basically he says, by what means he did this, I don't know, but once I was blind and now I see. So Jesus not only did a physical, literal miracle in this man who was blemished, but I also believe he's opened the eyes, spiritual eyes, physical and spiritual eyes of people to be able to see what God wants us to see mm -hmm. and be visionaries and have vision and sight and be restored and to be healed and to be whole and quit living in a sin-conscious, sin-based, sin-mindset, like who sent, we can't get past this man getting the healing because we can't get past who sinned. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know about you, and I'm sure you've encountered this, but I've prayed with people before, and people literally say to me, well, I don't know if I could be healed because I don't know if God would forgive me, or I don't know if I could get past, you know, my, my past, or, and, and it's a roadblock yeah. for people that says, I don't feel like I'm worthy yeah. 
to receive healing or I don't feel like I'm worthy, you know, that God could ever do that to me. But if we can ever remove that, because that's a blinder, mm-hmm. then that'll keep you blind mm-hmm. to the grace and the mercy and the goodness of God that wants to open your eyes, you know, wants to give you vision, that wants to heal you and to establish you and to make you whole. And so God goes and finds that man, you know, Jesus seeks out that man who's blind and he goes and restores, you know, his, his eyesight. Mm-hmm. And I believe even in this day, God wants to restore our vision and our sight and our understanding and remove some of the blinders, which are our sin consciousness. Yep. You know, and sometimes our focus becomes so much on us or the whys or the whos or the what fors that we can't get past that and what we need is an encounter with Jesus. Absolutely. That opens yeah. our eyes. And, you know, uh, and, there, and, it's still, and their hang-up is all about the Sabbath day because he does it on the Sabbath day. But I'm going to tell you, if my child is blind and his eyes are open, the man who created the heavens, hung the stars, knows what day of the week it is. Yeah. Yep. So he wasn't all about that. If I was them, I'd be saying, listen, man, I've been coming to your church all these years, and I've been blind ever since I've been here. And you're worried about which day I got this on? Yes. I wouldn't care what they thought. You know, right. I, now I see. You right. know. I was thinking while you were saying that, even about blind Bartimaeus was another blind man, and, and what he does is he cries out, and they were pushing him away. Like, you know, don't bother him, don't bother him. He right. says, you know, but he, he, he cried out all the more, saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. So he really defaulted to a revelation of something he recognized. This is the son of David. And the son of David, David has some sure mercies. Yeah. So if this is, in he fact, appealed. the Messiah, he appealed to something that really gave him a legal right mm-hmm. to what they would disqualify him from. And he opens the eyes even to Bartimaeus and, you know. Right. So, I mean, what was disqualified is qualified. And what was rejected is accepted. And, you know, if we could just get people to lay down their hang-ups and come to come into the presence of Jesus. Yeah, it, they're healed. They're right. set free. They're delivered. And he, you know, we have the the um, the miracle where Jesus spits in the mud. Mm-hmm. You know, and he puts the clay on on the young man's eyes, and he said, "What do you see?" And he said, "I see men as trees." You know, and then he he speaks again, and his eyes are open. And you know, we've always wondered if it's, he doesn't open his spiritual eyes first, you know, or or whatever, and. You know, a young man at, at camp one year shared a, a sermon on that about seeing men as trees. And, you know, well, you can look into the forest and you'll see trees that are twisted or bent or they're a, um, a product of the environment that they've grown in. Mm-hmm. And they might be bent over or hit by, you know, uh, lightning or something like that. Uh, but they're still trees. Mm-hmm. They're still doing, you know, they're still growing. They're still effective and things like that. And he tells the man, go wash, you know, go wash and the pool of Siloam, and he comes again seeing. And, um, you know, and two, it's funny because you think, well, with Jesus spit in the mud and healed the eyes, then every time there's a miracle, we're going to have to spit in the mud. And, you know, we get in that system where we're we're going, we would just establish the spit in the mud church, (laughs) you know, because it worked that time. The next time Jesus does it, he speaks the word, Mm -hmm. you know, the next time he lays hands or he, he says the word, we get in a, uh, if we're not careful, we can get in a habit of thinking it can only be done this way you know, um, but the power of Jesus to reach out and to seek out those, you know, so blemish in the eye, he goes to blind Bartimaeus as well, and, and the man. Um, one of the other ones that uh, he goes to, he said, if you had a crooked back, that you were disqualified. Mm-hmm. 
uh, from the you know from serving and so he comes into the, the temple <clears throat> the one day and and there's a lady there and she's bowed over and the scripture says and she can in no wise lift herself up and um, he comes up to her and he he says to her woman thou art loosed from the spirit of infirmity and he looses her from that and he causes her to stand upright and you know I thought about her you know we can look at her as the woman as the church being bowed over or whatever and I'm convinced Lynn that there are a lot of people that come into our church that are bowed over oh, absolutely. they might look like they're standing upright but they have been pushed by oppressed, oppressed and pushed down until all they can see is the earthly yeah. and if you come in bowed over and if, if all your focus is in us what is at your feet yeah and it's the earthly and it's what's under you then you can no wise lift yourself up and there's sometimes when we can get down yeah. we can get in that posture yeah. of being down that we can't lift ourselves up you know you mentioned last week about Mary um, when the when the angel came to her and said hail thou that are highly favored and she pondered in her heart what manner of salutation this is mm -hmm. because that wasn't a normal salutation but what I love about that scripture is when she finds out that she's going to have the Messiah you know at the end of that portion of scripture he says and your cousin Elizabeth she's with child and it's her sixth month and I think that scripture that he speaks to Mary is so that she can be convinced of what he's saying to her if Mar if Elizabeth is pregnant then maybe this could be yeah and I love that that in the sixth month she goes to Elizabeth and the scripture says, and at the sound of the salutation, same kind of salutation, she said, Elizabeth said, when I heard the voice of the mother of my Lord, she said, behold the mother of my Lord, when I heard the sound of your salutation, you caused my baby to leave. Yep. Something inside of me came alive in me. And um, you know what, back in that day, they didn't have an ultrasound and they didn't have a lot of those, mm -hmm. you know, things like you go check it out and see if you're, you know, you're going to have a baby. Elizabeth hides herself for five months. I used to think, why did she hide herself? You know, the thing she's been waiting on. But I think she hides herself because up to five months, you might be able to be, might be able to talk me out of it. Because I might not know for sure. Mm -hmm. But in my sixth month, when my baby starts to move, mm -hmm. and I feel something from the inside out, mm -hmm. you can't talk me out of it anymore. Yeah. And once Mary and Elizabeth come together and she makes that baby leap, she said, now I can believe. And, I, and the scripture says that Mary stays with Elizabeth for another three months. And I truly think it's because Mary thinks if I can see her birth, her promise, then I can go back and face Joseph, face reproach, face whatever it is, because I've seen her promise come mm -hmm. to pass, and I can believe for mine. Mm -hmm. And I believe sometimes we can be like that woman bowed over in a position that sometimes you got to connect to a, a Mary's got to connect to Elizabeth, yeah. or Elizabeth's got to connect to a Mary. Because there's sometimes you can't lift yourself up. You need somebody that can declare a salutation or yeah. pray over you or declare what the word says or give you a encouraging word or a song of worship that can cause you to be lifted up. But it says she was bowed over and she could in no wise lift herself up. But Jesus began to say to her, you're a daughter of Abraham and you have the right to be made whole. Mm -hmm. And I think what he does there is he deals with her identity. Yeah remember who you are yep. you're a daughter of Abraham you're the seed of Abraham 
and you have a right to be made whole. Mm -hmm. And so he, he, you know, speaks the word and she's healed. Yeah. You know, she stands upright and he restores the crooked yeah. back. He restores the crooked back woman. You know, I was thinking though while you were saying, talking about Mary and Elizabeth, man, I just really felt like there's somebody watching pastors, especially felt like ministry today, that have had God speak something to them. A revelation, maybe even of the new covenant, some of the things that we're sharing, and you've hid yourself, you've hid things in your heart, and you you just for maybe just for the first time hearing some confirmation about what God has been speaking to you. Sometimes you got to get around folk yeah. that are going that have heard the same salutation you've heard. Yeah. That are going to be quickened by that. That are going to confirm some stuff that God's been saying. And sometimes you got to separate yourself from the crowd that would steal that thing that God is birthing in you. I believe that God is really birthing something right now, especially, you know, among some, I'm not disqualifying older ministry, but a, a lot of young preachers are coming out on the scene right now, and God's saying some things to them. Some yeah. of it might need some tweaking and some balance, and you need to get around an Elizabeth, but but just to confirm that, uh, you know, I believe that God is speaking to somebody today while you were saying, I just could sense that, and saying, you, this salutation is making your baby leap. Yeah, absolutely. And something's coming alive in you. And don't walk away from it. Just embrace that because that's really the Lord causing something to come alive in you that's going to flow from a different perspective than just a dead letter of preaching. Absolutely. It's going to cause resurrection life. Something just fluttered. Something just moved. Something just turned over inside of you. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Go ahead. I was and so he, like you know, uh, same thing with with Zechariah when mm -hmm. when the angel comes and and starts to speak to Zechariah, you know, when he said your prayers have been answered, and and Zechariah questions him and says, how can these things be, you know? And so he says, because you've questioned, you're not going to be able to speak. And and I laugh. I told our folks, I said, probably nobody in here would be able to talk, you know, because we'd all we've, <laughs> yeah, we've all, all been in a place something. where we've questioned or wondered about something. And I used to think, well, God, you know, kind of, it was kind of a punishment because he didn't believe, but I don't think that anymore. I think what he was doing, number one, he was silencing an old order preacher yeah. because he was about to say something new. Yeah. And what God has to do sometimes is silence us so that he can begin to say something new. But I also think what he did was he silenced Zachariah's voice so he couldn't talk himself out of the promise yeah. of God. See, there's sometimes you just got to be still and know that he's God yeah. and trust God and when I can't articulate it, you know, you know some, God's speaking something yep. to you. You know he's declaring something new. You know there's a transition taking place. I was an old order of priesthood, but God's about to transition on something. And what he's doing is birthing a John, and John's name means grace. Yep. When God's about to birth you in a season of grace, yep. he may have to silence some voices. Yep. Because what you first you're going to do is talk yourself out of it the whole way home. Or you're going to call it the wrong thing that, you're, that you yes. thought God was right. about to do. You're going to name it Zachariah Jr. Exactly. And so when he gets back to Elizabeth, he can't even articulate to her what God is saying, but he can demonstrate it. And he knows that God is birthing something in him. You know, and then so when they take him to the temple and they're ready to dedicate him, you know, and they say, well, what are you going to call him? Zachariah Jr., right? And, and they're like, no. We're going to call him John. And he's like, there's nobody in your family called John, you know. And uh, he gets the writing board. And he says, we're going to call him. You might have called it broken. You might have called it blemished. You might have called it crazy. You might have called it unfit. You might have called it whatever you wanted to label it. But God's going to call it what he wants to call it. And I'm not going to give anybody else the right to name my baby. Yeah. What God is birthing Preach in it. me, 
I'm going to call it Ain't what God calls it. nobody else going to name my baby. Nobody's naming my baby. Yeah, yeah. And so he said, we're going to call it John. Because preach. God is about to birth the yeah. age of grace. Yeah. And regardless of what you want to call it, because even in Mary and Elizabeth, he said, uh, because those whom they once called barren, now they're going to have to call you blessed. Yeah. And sometimes we pronounce barrenness over people. You might have called me barren once, but now you're going to have to call me blessed. Yeah. And Mary says, my soul doth magnify the Lord because he has looked on the humble state of this handmaiden and from henceforth all nations. The nations of the earth are going to begin to pronounce blessing on what God is birthing in this season, a season of grace, a season of acceptance, a season of healing that I no longer have to walk in, bent over, bowed over, forgetting my identity or who I am, but I can stand upright in the virtue of who He is and not be bound by a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of inferiority, a spirit of unworthiness, but I have the right to be made yeah. whole. I am a daughter of Abraham and I have a right to be made whole. Yeah. But I believe God is, is naming some things in this day and season that you might want to call it something else, but I'm going to call it when God calls it because nobody else is going to name my baby because yep. God is birthing something in me. And once my baby leaps, you can't take it from yep. me yep. anymore. So you might come in bowed over, but you need to connect yourself with somebody who can cause you to stand yep. upright and realize who you are, a daughter of Abraham. Yep. That's powerful. Ain't nobody else going to name my baby. That'll preach. I'm going to have to preach that, I'm afraid. <laughs> But you know, I was thinking while you were saying that, even Zach, I mean, the old the scripture says in Galatians three, the law shuts up faith, mm -hmm. and because of the unbelief of Zachariah, his tongue was held until he could preach something that yeah. was full of faith, and uh, that's the new covenant. That's one yeah. of the tenets of the new covenant is faith, and uh, the law shuts up faith. Mm -hmm. But when you begin to declare a message of grace and hope, it changes things. People yeah. that were disqualified before. If you discouraged and you've been feeling like, man, God been saying some stuff to me, but I, I just don't know how to articulate it. Get ready. God's about to loose the loose tongue, tongue. Yep. of a brand new uh, word that's about yep. to be released in your ministry, not just for ministry, but for those of you who speak over yourselves. You're going to stop talking about, I'm cursed. I'm this, I'm bad, I'm not worthy, I'm disqualified, and God is going to begin to loose your tongue to begin to say some things over yourself. Speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and Absolutely. spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And you're going to begin to declare grace. Grace, matter of fact, I think in the book of Zechariah, it says that, the, the, who art thou, O great mountain, He stood, that stood before Zerubbabel. But he said, yep. you're going to be removed because somebody's going to shout, grace, grace. Grace, grace removes the mountains. Well, we're about to run out of time, but join us again next week at the same time. The book's called Unblemished. You want to go get a copy of this today. It's on Amazon. You can get it in a Kindle version. And uh, we're going to talk about it again next week. Tune in. If you've missed some of it, go back. It's archived on YouTube. You can watch it again. Uh, if you'd like to become a partner with our ministry, simply do that by going to our website. You can, you can do a recurring debit. Uh, or credit card. You could call the number on the screen. So as generous of a seat as you can into the ministry to help us to continue doing this. Or you can simply write a letter to the address that will come on the screen and you can send a check or money order. We appreciate your help. It does take your help. God bless you and thank you again. You're qualified. 
I'm very excited to announce the release of my newest book. It is titled, From Law to Grace, A Kingdom Paradigm Shift. In this book, we talk about how the gospel is not about a law you have to keep. It is about receiving a life that will keep you. It is not about living this life out of fear. It is about living a life of faith. It is not about rules. It's about a relationship with a loving Father. It is about moving from the old covenant government of condemnation to the new covenant government of affirmation. It is about living life as a citizen of the kingdom right now.